takes it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, and welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Hope everybody had a good weekend. It wasn't the best weekend for the New York Islanders. They are snowed out on Saturday. That game postponed. It'll be made up on Wednesday as the Islanders' last game before the All-Star break. But Sunday, another questionable performance, inconsistent performance, and another loss. This one 4-3 to three to the Minnesota Wild. We will go over that and have all of our key takeaways. Plus, we'll talk a little bit about some of the lineup decisions made by Barry Trotz and why they may or may not be the right choices for this team. So we'll get into that a little bit later on in the show. If you've got something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe a topic you'd like us to talk about on the air, feel free to send us an email. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. We could also follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter, at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And we, I, I am also live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. So always great to interact with fans and to uh, just give you some instant insight and analysis as the game unfolds. want to thank everybody for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day and for being part of the Locked On Islanders family. We are free and available on all platforms, and now that does include YouTube. So if you want to watch this podcast instead of just listen to it, you can check it out on YouTube, and it's always great to uh, to welcome new fans there, and you can subscribe and make sure that, uh, you know, it's in your inbox every morning, Monday through Friday, when the new episode is released. So the Islanders fall to the Minnesota Wild. Final score in this one, 4-3. to three. And here's the deal. The frustrating thing about this game, more than anything, Islanders outshoot the Minnesota Wild 43-21. to That is more than 2-1. to And if you ask me when the last time the Islanders had 43 shots on goal, especially in a game that did not go to overtime, yeah, it doesn't happen all that often. And yet, that's what the team accomplished last night against the Minnesota Wild, and yet they lose the hockey game. Why? Why did they lose? Well, (coughs) excuse me, few reasons why the team falls short. And the big one is this. We know the Islanders' style. 
It is a defense-first style. And look, they held the Minnesota Wild to 21 shots on goal. You do that, you outshoot teams 43 to 21, you're going to win 90% of the time, maybe more. But part of the equation for the Islanders is that to win, they need very strong goaltending. And for the second night in a row, or the second game in a row, they did not get that strong goaltending from Ilya Sorokin. And Sorokin, look, he's been outstanding for most of the season. But in this game, his save percentage was 810.810. You cannot let in four goals in 21 shots and expect to win a lot of hockey games. And when you add to that the fact that the first goal especially is the kind of goal that you can't let in. It was a soft goal, and it puts your team behind right away, and that certainly doesn't help the Islanders at all. And look, if the Islanders are going to win, no more often than not, they're outshot by the opponent, but they need that strong goaltending, that consistent goaltending, and they just didn't get it against the Minnesota Wild. Now, Sorokin may be a little bit tired. He may just have had a couple of shaky games in a row, but this cannot become a trend for Ilya Sorokin and for the New York Islanders because, again, because of the COVID-induced 0-8-3 slump in November and into early December, this team doesn't have that margin for error. So there is that. The other thing is this, you can't fall behind against a good team like the Minnesota Wild and consistently come back to win. Now, last game the Islanders fell behind 2 to nothing was last week against the Flyers, and they managed to come back and win that game 4-3. to But the Flyers were in the middle of a franchise record 13-game losing streak. They are a struggling team. Guess what? The Minnesota Wild are not. They are a contending team. They are a team that is in the thick of the playoff hunt in their their conference and in their division. And right now, the the fact that you you fall behind 2-0 against a quality team like the Wild, that is not a recipe for victory. So, The Islanders have to play a 60-minute game, and they didn't do that against the Minnesota Wild. You cannot be behind in this game. Just, you know, two goals in the first four minutes and 39 seconds. The, The second one came on the power play. It is just a recipe for disaster. And when once you're playing catch up, You know, part of the problem is you get those 43 shots on goal. One of the reasons is because you were playing from behind and needed to take more chances, and that gets this team out of their comfort zone. And the penalty that led to the goal, Kyle Palmieri, who played better at times during this game, but is still a step slow 
and recovering from, you know, getting back into his top game form, which we haven't seen from him yet this year. And realistically, Palmieri, slow, couldn't keep up, takes down Alex Goligoski, the power play results, the goal results, and then the Islanders are down 2 nothing. Four and a half minutes into this game, and yes, they fought back. And I give the team credit for its resilience and for its never say die attitude. But again, you you're down two to nothing against a quality team. You can't play your suffocating defense first style. You're not getting that quality goaltending, and the result is a blown opportunity by the New York Islanders to even get one point. In this game, we've got a lot more to discuss. We will break down some of the choices that that were made by Barry Trotz with the lineup and give you some updates there uh, and why I feel some of these choices weren't really the best choices, even though one of them did end up paying off for the Islanders. We've got that and a lot more still to come on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. This episode is brought to you by your friends at Built Bar. It's the new year, and that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. And Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Other protein bars can be chalky or waxy or even taste like a chemical spill. But all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 net carbs, but they pack 17 grams of protein. Now compare that to a candy bar, which usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And Built Bar has so many great flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream. I love the salted caramel, mint brownie, and there are so many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So again, the Islanders falling to the Minnesota Wild 4-3 to at the UBS Arena Sunday evening. And let's talk a little bit about some of these lineup decisions. Now, Casey Sezikis missed the game, unavailable. It was a non-COVID-related illness. So, again, glad he didn't get COVID again, but certainly you miss Sezikis. And into the lineup goes Ross Johnston. Ross the boss comes out with a goal in this game. A rare breakaway for Ross Johnston, and he did not make a mistake. It was his only shot on goal in the game, but he deposits it in the back of the net. And great, because, you know, you root for a guy like Ross Johnston. He's an all-out effort guy, and you like to see him produce. Now, Johnston was placed on the third line while Zach Parise moved down to the fourth line between Cal Clutterbuck and Matt Martin. I kind of question that decision to move Parise down to the fourth line. Uh, And we all know that 
regardless of who they would have put with Clutterbuck and Martin, not having all three members of the identity line out there together is, you know, not the best recipe because that line, when they are together, is greater than the sum of its parts. So that was an unfortunate thing not to have Sezikis available. The other thing is this. Barry Trotz decides to bench Kiefer Bellows. And yeah, I, I mean, it goes back to the old thing that Barry Trotz just has a lot of trouble trusting his younger players. And yeah, Kiefer Bellows, he had like a five-game stretch where he was very productive. And now all of a sudden, you know, he's had a four or five-game stretch where he hasn't been productive. But the way these younger players learn, the way that they develop as you know, into more experienced players who you can trust is to send them back out there to learn. And I think just by sitting guys like Bellows and guys like Oliver Wallstrom, who did also score in Sunday's game, it's just not the way this team is going to improve, both in the short term and in the long term. So that has me concerned. I would like to see both Bellows and Wallstrom out there in the lineup. And, you know, Kyle Palmieri still struggling. I know they're trying to get him back into the groove again. Zach Parise has played better as of late, but they've got to get those two young, shoot-first kind of guys out there more often. Now, offensively, Noah Dobson, again, seven shots on goal. That led the team. Four block shots for Dobson and an assist, but a minus two for Noah Dobson, the only other player on the Islanders in this game who was a minus two, Matthew Barzal. And Barzi led the team with more than, uh, among forwards at least, with 24 minutes and four seconds of ice time. Another player who isn't really contributing as of late and isn't really getting called out for it enough is J.G. Pajot. And I question whether Pajot is healthy right now. Another, you know, no goals, no assists uh, effort. Two shots on goal. And they have got to get more offensive production right now from Zach Parise. It just, you know, Parise, uh, excuse me, from uh, Ka- J.G. Pajot, excuse me, Pajot, when he was acquired, was brought in to make that third line an offensive force, good enough offensively to give the team, you know, those three offensive lines that opponents need to look out for, and then the identity line, which sets the tone. Well, guess what? Right now, the third line just isn't producing the offense that this team needs to produce. And you look at the reason, yeah, not being healthy, definitely a part of it. But J.G. Pajot, who is a 20-goal player uh, in his first two years with the Islanders, where is he right now? Through 35 games, five goals. 
He is on, if you play the full 82 games, he is on a pace to get 11 goals, maybe. That is half of the productivity that you expect from J.G. Pajot. And the very fact that Pajot right now has the same number of goals as Cal Clutterbuck, it just isn't going to get the job done. He needs to be, at this point in the season, closer to 9 or 10 goals at the very least. And, you know, here we are approaching the halfway mark of the season. We, we are, you know, getting there. We're four games away from that halfway mark of the season. How many players on the Islanders have 10 goals or more? Two. Brock Nelson, who scored again, has 13. Anders Lee, who has 11. And I'll give you that COVID is a factor, that a lot of guys missed games. But I tell you, this team needs to start getting production from the players that we expected production from. More from Matthew Barzal. Josh Bailey finally starting to get going. Uh, Anthony Bevilier. J.G. Pajot. Those are guys that need to be more productive on the ice. And don't even get me started about Kyle Palmieri, who still has one goal through 27 games played right now. Look, you could talk about COVID, you could talk about injuries, and that is part of it. But you're a top six forward on this team. And a top six forward in this team, you can't have seven points in 27 games. You've got to have at least 14, 15 points minimum, and that's only a point every other game. Right now, there are too many players on this team who the team has been counting on offensively who are just not getting it done. And unless that changes, the idea of a playoff run is just not going to happen. And look, the Islanders have two games left before the All-Star break, Tuesday and Wednesday. We're going to talk about those games. We're going to talk about uh, what has to happen because this Islanders team needs those games. We'll talk about that and more and our Islanders birthday of the day when we return on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day, and we want to wish a very happy birthday. We are uh, a day late. Sunday was the 50th birthday for former Islanders winger Chris Simon. Now, Simon had a controversial end to his Islanders career, drafted by the Flyers in the second round back in 1990, had a 36-goal season in juniors for the Ottawa 67s, uh, made his NHL debut in 1992-93 with the Quebec Nordique, then went on to the, uh, when they moved to Colorado and became the Avalanche, he was there, was a member of the 1996 Cup-winning team in Colorado, went on to play for the Capitals, Blackhawks, Rangers, Flames, and then joined the Islanders for 2006-2007 and 2007-2008. Finished up his career with a brief 10-game stint with the Wild and then 
headed out to the KHL, where he remained active until 2012-2013. Simon's NHL career, 782 games, 144 points, uh, 144 goals, 305 points, 1,824 penalty minutes, 10 goals, 17 points in 75 playoff games. Uh, Look, Simon was a tough guy. But he also had a 29-goal season for the Washington Capitals in 1999-2000. He was capable of putting the puck in the net. He stood up for his teammates, but too many times uh, during his Islander career, Chris Simon lost his temper, got into trouble, did things that got him serious suspensions, and unfortunately, as a result, his career ended on a down note. And, you know, the thing is, I, I had the pleasure of speaking to Chris Simon after practice a few times, saw him working with his young son on the ice and practicing with him. Thoughtful guy, intelligent guy, but when he lost his temper a few times too many, it really derailed his NHL career. We're going to go back and look at one of Chris Simon's better games with the Islanders, February 19th, 2007 at the Nassau Coliseum. The Penguins come into town, Pittsburgh going with Marc-Andre Fleury in goal, while Rick DiPietro is the netminder for the Islanders. It was the Penguins on the board first, Ryan Malone is 10th from Mark Recchi and Sidney Crosby just 45 seconds in. And it was one to nothing. Pittsburgh Islanders get back with a power play goal by Victor Kozlov, his 21st. Aaron Asham and Marc Andre Bergeron with the assist at 1449. That evens it at one. Then Mark Recchi scores a power play goal at 1911 of the first period for Pittsburgh. Crosby and Evgeny Malkin with the assist. 2 1 Pittsburgh after one. In the third, uh, excuse me, in the second period, Ryan Malone scores just 49 seconds in. Crosby and Recchi with the assist, and it's 3-1. to one. But then the Islanders bounce back. Chris Simon, his sixth of the year. He's our Islanders' birthday of the day. Randy Robitaille and Miro Chatan with the helpers at 2.03. 15 seconds after that, Jason Blake, his 28th from Randy Robitaille. And all of a sudden, this game is tied at 3 little less than six minutes after that, the Isles take the lead. Shatan, his 21st from Victor Kozlov and Brendan Witt at 8.05. But Islanders can't hold the lead. Mark Recchi on the power play from Jordan Stahl and Sergei Gonchar at 18.01. And again, we are all even after 40 minutes of play at 4-4. In the third Pittsburgh jumps out with another goal in the opening minute of the period. They scored in the first minute of all three periods of this game, and all three of them were by Ryan Malone, his 12th this time. Crosby and Recchi with the assist, 48 seconds. Islanders down 5-4, but a minute and uh, 11 seconds later, Chris Simon, our Islanders' birthday of the day, gets his second of the game, Seventh of the year, Robitaille and Bergevin, uh, Bergeron with the assist at 159. And then, with just 27 seconds left on the clock, Mike Sillinger gets the game winner for the Islanders, his 20th from Andy Hilbert and Trent Hunter. Islanders skate away with a 6-5 to win 
For our Islanders' birthday of the day, Chris Simon, two goals, a plus three. He had three shots on goal, which placed him second on the team behind Miro Shatan. A lot of players had three in this one. 25 saves by Rick DiPietro to earn the win. Both teams finished with 30 shots on goal. So we wish all the best to Chris Simon. Hope he is doing well on his 50th birthday. Chris Simon is our Islanders' birthday of the day. Two games left before the All-Star break. Ottawa, Tuesday. Seattle on Wednesday. That's the makeup game from the snow out on Saturday. Let me tell you right now, the Islanders have not been consistent enough. They had this big homestand, this 10 out of 11 games at home where they had a chance to really make up some ground. They made up some, but to close it out, to keep things going, they need four points out of these two games. You're playing Ottawa, who is not a great team, although they have been playing better lately, and you're playing an expansion team, and you're playing them both at home. You got to figure each goalie will play one of those two games, and you got to figure that the Islanders need to get four points if they hope to get back into the swing of things. It's important that the Islanders get it done, and we'll talk more about that on tomorrow's show. Thanks again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL, Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the league every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on all platforms. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders.